The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back into BATR. I'm your host, Kevin Walsh. And as betting above the rim continues for our second hour on this Saturday morning, we ask an all-important question, a question that is... I've been asked countless times, what did the Knicks do? I don't actually want to pick on the Knicks, to be honest with you. I really, really don't. I I think that the Knicks, I, re, I, I mean, I, I think that the Knicks are trying their best. But boy, did they go about things in a roundabout way on draft night. They had the 11th overall pick. There were good players on the board for them to take out 11. A.J. Griffin, obviously, someone who I'm very, very high on. I I thought that if they would have even taken a swing on a Tyree Eason, that would have been interesting. Jalen Duran, who I thought they picked, and then they didn't pick, but they did pick, but they traded. I thought Jalen Duran would have been a nice player for the New York Knicks. You might have even been able to sell me on a Mark Williams if that's maybe where they went. But but none of that happened. They traded out of 11 for for multiple first-round picks from the Oklahoma City Thunder. Despite the fact that the Thunder were drafting at 12, they didn't get back the 12th pick. They just got back a bunch of future first-rounders and kind of took themselves out of the draft, which was a little bit surprising. But we were hearing that they were in on Jaden Ivey. But it was, all right, well, he went fifth. And we never, I don't remember, at least in recent times, a player being drafted And then for an hour, at least after the draft, one team calling another saying, hey, are you sure you really want the guy you drafted? We're trying to trade for him. As if those conversations don't usually happen throughout the entire process. Like, did you not call Sacramento and offer them heaven and earth to get to four? Considering they weren't even taking Jaden Ivey, who was clearly the guy for them to select at four. Did you not try that? So nevertheless, the Knicks are now sat there. They end up making a move with the Detroit Pistons, which at that point you go, oh my goodness, the Jaden Ivey thing worked. No, it didn't. They just somehow sent Jalen Duran to Detroit. And they sent Kemba Walker all of a sudden to Detroit. What? And it involved first-round picks. It was all over the map. The final haul for the Knicks was them moving on from the 11th pick as well as Kemba Walker and a whole bunch of second-rounders, and they got back three future firsts. The problem with those firsts is they're all very, very protected and don't really at all maybe even seem likely to end up being used by the Knicks in the first round. And again, certainly not anytime soon. 
So this led to something that is never good. See, a lot of y'all, you want transparency. You want people to take ownership. Yes, but the real goal is for that not to be necessary. And yet yesterday at around 1 p.m. Eastern time, Leon Rose, the president of Knicks basketball, had to send out a statement to try and calm the fans down because of how bad everything is going. Saying last night we made three trades involving draft picks, which resulted in increased financial flexibility and additional draft capital moving forward. They then bolstered up how many picks they have, 22 picks, 11 in the first round, 11 in the second round over the next seven years. Very excited. Seven, seven years of draft picks. They have the ability to be active in free agency as well as in the trade market, according to Leon Rose. Focus will remain to be strategic and thoughtful in our team building, doing it the right way, while feeding off of the momentum from the end of last season. What? And prioritizing our player development program. All right. The radio audience is here, by the way, with you on this Saturday morning. Kevin Walsh, this is betting above the rim on the Sports Grid Network across all the Sports Grid platforms, including Sirius XM, Channel 159. What is the momentum from the end of the last season? The Emmanuel quickly triple doubles. Or what? I mean, what are we even? What are we even getting into right now? But nevertheless, nevertheless, Leon Rose tries to calm the fan base. One of those things is not that calming. The other is intriguing. We have the ability to be active in free agency as well as in the trade market. Active in free agency to me is is not calming, really at all, because. Being active in free agency is great if you you get guys that can potentially swing things around. They seemingly are desperate to bring in Jalen Brunson. We actually got a report from Mark Stein just the other day that they are, looks like, going to be successful in that. Things are certainly pointing in that direction. The favorite outcome, I would say, is for Jalen Brunson to end up a New York Knick. I don't love it. Do Knicks fans love it? It's not for me. I like Jalen Brunson for for what he currently is, but Jalen Brunson, I don't think ever makes an All Star team. I don't see it. His averages last year for the Dallas Mavericks: sixteen points, five assists, four rebounds, taking three threes a game. I don't know. Is that really what we're looking for there, as a near max player? Not not to me, but the additional part from the Knicks, as well as in the trade market, well, now you have my attention. What can we do about Donovan Mitchell? Can we get in the mix? Donovan Mitchell, to me, is the guy who wants to be in the blue and orange, who is a legitimate superstar, is a perennial all-star, and I think could potentially help you get free agents to come to Madison Square Garden as the years play out. Big offseason for the Knicks, clearly. We'll talk some NBA headlines next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. 
The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Back right here on BATR on a Saturday. Now, usually you see me on a Sunday. You will see me on Sunday as well. And because of that, I don't want to rush through anything. Today's our draft breakdown. Tomorrow, there's a lot of NBA headlines for us to get into. But I wanted to set the stage for some of those headlines here. And we've got a good five-pack of big stories throughout the NBA that we are going to hit in rapid fire. Again, you want the full breakdowns on these? They're coming tomorrow, so make sure you do not miss that show. And I'm going to have Coach Young actually co-hosting with me for the first time for the full two hours, which is very exciting. Kofsky back in the fold. Rapid NBA fire headlines here. Excited to get down to it. Yes, Kato, we got rapid-fire NBA questions going on for the NBA offseason. Let's start. We got a lot and not a lot of time. Tweet for here from Adrian Wojnarowski. ESPN sources, if Kyrie can't reach an agreement to stay in Brooklyn, he has a list of teams he'd like them to consider on a side and trade. Well, Kyrie, I have a list of people I wish that would date me. That's not going to happen. But Kyrie's list, Lakers, Clippers, Knicks, Heat, Mavs, and Sixers, none of those teams, though, K-Dub, have cap space to sign Kyrie without Nets help. So, rapid fire. K- Kyrie staying with Brooklyn or going? And if he's going, any of these teams, K-Dub? Yeah, so here's the thing. A really interesting six-pack of names. I ranked them on the early line the other day of where I thought was best for Kyrie. Again, we can expand on that tomorrow. But despite Kowski somewhat joking, he's also somewhat serious. There was an additional report from Woj that went on to say, those are the teams who Irving has interest in, but he isn't necessarily a priority for all of them. Here's the two I do not think he is a priority for. The New York Knicks, who I think clearly prefer Jalen Brunson. Are they right to prefer Brunson? We could have a conversation around that. But the Knicks, I don't think, prefer Kyrie. And I don't think the Miami Heat prefer Kyrie. I think Bradley Beal is their white whale. I think they'd love to bring in Donovan Mitchell if so be it. I think Kyrie is a back-end option if Miami is interested at all, to be honest with Yukovsky, when we talk about that Kyrie Irving wish list. Yeah, one last thing about this. I did see a report on Twitter yesterday that Wojnowski said on ESPN, the only team with actual interest in Kyrie are the Lakers. Clippers, Mavs, Sixers, they're not really interested. Heat, slight interest on Kyrie, so you're right. The market for Kyrie might not be as Mm. big as he's thinking it. All right, next topic. The Hornets hired their second coach of the offseason after Kenny Atkinson decided to go back to Golden State. Familiar face coming to coach the Charlotte Hornets. Steve Clifford agreed to coach the franchise. He was with them from 2013 to 2018, including two postseason appearances. Did they get it right, K-Dub, going with Steve Clifford? It's a lazy hire by the Hornets. 
Yeah, absolutely not. I have no idea what we're doing here. This is one of the yeah. most surprising headlines, uh, to be honest with you, throughout the coaching cycle. How in the world did you go down to two guys in Kenny Atkinson and Mike D'Antoni, who I think a lot of people said, either way, you're going to do good for yourselves here because Kenny Atkinson is, is someone that people are super, super high on, understandably so, and that's who they hired. And again, Mike D'Antoni, I think people forget, he went to Houston and won 50-plus games every single year, except for his final year, where he won 44 games in 72 seasons, uh, basically meaning he was on pace to win and have another 50-plus win season. So basically, what does Mike D'Antoni do? Oh, I'm going to go to the playoffs, and I'm going to get LaMelo Ball to flirt with all NBA teams, and you loved Mike D'Antoni, and somehow what? You you didn't like being being burned? You, you felt a little embarrassed, so you called up the ex-fling and said, hey, Steve Clifford, want to come over here? I can't believe this happened. I, unless it comes out that Mike D'Antoni said, if I'm not your first choice, I'm not going to be your second choice, and told them no. I don't know how Charlotte did not just say, sorry, Mike, we should have picked you first, but do you still want this job because you're the man for the job? Which he was, Kofsky. Yeah. You know, this reminds you of K-Dub, lazy like in the NFL when the Texans hired David Coley because they couldn't find anybody else. They got him. They canned him after a year. This is what it seems like. Oh, no, we lost Atkinson. What do we do? Let's just bring back a familiar face and move on. Terrible hire, in my opinion, for the Charlotte Hornets. Maybe setting this franchise back. Next hot take topic, John Collins. His time in Atlanta seems to be done. He wants out. The Hawks want to move on from John Collins. So, K-Dub, two-parter. Collins, you think he's definitely done in Atlanta? And give me your two top landing spots if John Collins does leave Atlanta. Oh, interesting. Okay, so here's the thing. He's definitely done in Atlanta. I don't remember really mm -hmm. a, a situation between uh, a team that doesn't like their own player and a player that doesn't like his own team, despite the fact that they came to an agreement on a five-year, $125 million contract. John Collins has been very vocal, I think, about not being all too pleased at Atlanta, wanting a bigger workload, ultimately. And I feel like Atlanta is always letting people know they don't think John Collins is good enough to be a second superstar next to Trey Young. This relationship is over landing spots see the thing about that Kofsky is I don't think John Collins in, in terms of a landing spot is as much about oh where does John Collins fits it's what trade does the Hawks make in order to get them back that second star because it probably involves sending Collins to whatever team it would be yeah, good point. So let's tie this into the next question, right? DeAndre Ayton. Looks like he's done it in Phoenix. The Hawks have interest in DeAndre Ayton. Could a signing trade be done where the Suns sign Ayton, send him to the Hawks, Hawks send back some other things, and John Collins? Does that make sense for both sides? And how real do you think the interest is from the Hawks for DeAndre Ayton? So I think it is real because I do think they want to uh, shift their front court around. Not only have we heard John Collins' rumors, but we've also heard rumors around Clint Capella potentially being on the move. So Atlanta seems very, very interested in moving a lot of pieces around here. DeAndre Ayton compared to John Collins, I'm definitely higher on DeAndre Ayton. I think that he would be a great fit next to a Trey Young, absolutely. If these teams got a deal done, could I see John Collins making his way back towards Phoenix? I could, and I think he could be pretty good in Phoenix as well. But to be honest with you, DeAndre Ayton is not my first choice if I'm the Atlanta Hawks and I'm trying to make a move there. Man, there was a report the other day that they were really calling on DeJounte Murray. I'm not trying to get, you know, too trapped up in maybe a rumor that could have passed, Ooh. but I just love that fit so much. I love that fit so much for DeJounte Murray in Atlanta. I think it's exactly what that basketball team could need. I think it's a reasonable get for them, too, as well. Maybe more reasonable than a Zach Levine or a Bradley Beal. DeJounte Murray or DeAndre Ayton, if I'm the Atlanta Hawks, Kofsky, I'm prioritizing DeJounte Murray. That's a great point. If they can make Murray happen, that'd be great. Pair him next to 
Trey Young, also now with A.J. Griffin, also with your big man in Clint Capella, but also you get Aiden. That's a pretty nice down low with Capella and Aiden if you yes, make those is. two work. One last thing about John Collins, we go back to him. Jake Fisher had him on the show before, right? He put a report in that possibly Collins could be involved in a trade for Rudy Gobert. So how do you feel about mm-hmm. if the Hawks swap Collins for Gobert and Gobert goes to Atlanta, Collins goes back to the Jazz? Does that fit both those teams at all? Listen, I think Gobert is such an easy fit because of basically the problem with Trey Young is he's horrendous. I mean, he is horrendous at defense. And I love Trey Young. You know that. I tried to sneak him into a top 10 last week. I couldn't do it. And part of that is Mm -hmm. because he's so bad on the defensive side of the ball. Rudy Gobert cleans a lot of that up. Rudy Gobert cleans a lot of that up. So the fit is there. Great. All right. We got one last topic. It's going to be a Bigfoot sighting. Jack, get the video ready. We got footage, (laughs) K-Dub. I know you found this footage, right? You were talking about it. Is he still a player in the NBA? Is he still around? Well, Kawhi Leonard spotted working out. We got a video right here. Kawhi getting his workout in, getting those reps in. He was Mm -hmm. spotted working out here. Look at him. Looking good. Shooting. Oh, I missed. (laughs) Kawhi struggling. Oh, here we go. Maybe a little bit. Yeah, a little struggle, a little struggle, a little rust. But, K-Dub, in this video, I want to ask you, what do you expect from Kawhi this season coming up? Because I honestly think I'm getting sick and tired of hearing Kawhi being a superstar in this league. This guy's got to play. I forgot how good he is, and right now, it's vacant for me. I I think we've got to stop talking about Kawhi until he gets back on the court. Look, here's the deal, and shout-out to my guy Brian from the early line. Obviously, sent that over to me, uh, the Kawhi Leonard uh, video there. It's it's good to see Kawhi out there, okay? Mm-hmm. But there was also you know, some conversations from Lawrence Frank saying that he's maybe not ready to play five-on-five five yet. He got injured a long, long time ago, Kawhi Leonard. There are some people who wondered if Kawhi Leonard would be back during the year for the Clippers. I mean, I mean he, he is still that far behind in his process. I mean, maybe they're slow playing it. Uh, maybe. But this is a very, very puzzling scenario that we have playing out with the Clippers here because if Kawhi Leonard is not ready day one, then what are we doing? I mean, again, do I think Kawhi wants to play basketball? I think so. I, I think so. But I think the Clippers think he should have played during the season, and it could fracture that relationship a little bit. Those are Rapid NBA Fire headlines. Coach James Young joins us next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
B-A-T-E-R, live on a Saturday. And it's, hold on a minute. What is that? Oh, we got, and play that man's music. The star himself, Coach James Young, joins me right here on Betting Above the Rim on a Saturday. JY, how you feeling? I want to clear something up right now. I am wearing Uh-oh. these colors not for the Knicks, but for the first place New York Mets. They, I, 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 my Nick gear has been thrown away. I'm done. They better show me something. But I've slandered them enough, for, you know, this week. So I'm gonna stop. All right, so we're 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 going to allow the Knicks to get a breather. I kind of don't believe JY, and I feel at some point, maybe tomorrow, maybe they get sat, maybe they get Saturday off. Sunday, we're kind of back after it, and, and that's what it has to be. But JY, you and I obviously we had a lot of fun doing that NBA draft special again. You know, shout out B Double S, who was our uh, our third with us on that show, which was a ton of fun. Uh, but now you and I really get the chance to kind of talk about what happened, right? You know, obviously, we, we were so deep in the weeds as it was going on, but what did we love? And that's what I want to give the people an opportunity to do, to give your perspective on the picks that you loved. And we can go one by one here. So you take it where you want, JY. If you had to put one above all else, what was your single favorite pick of the first round of the NBA draft? If I want to say the favorite one, Feeling mm-hmm. for fit, you, you know me. You and I are both big AJ Griffin guys. I, I love for the fit, for the value at 16, for what you need in a high pick and roll offense, which is space out shooters, consistent shooters. Listen, no disrespect to Trey Young. AJ Griffin walks into that arena, he's the best shooter on that team. And that's with Trey Young. Mm-hmm. And that's with Bogdanovich. And that's with Huerta. Or really can't shoot it much. But anyway, that is a great pick. And I thought that that was an excellent value because I thought A.J. Griffin, you and I talked about this, I had him number nine on my board. I thought he should have gone top ten. I thought there were fits at seven, at eight, at 11 with New York. I thought there were plenty of fits for A.J. to go. So for him to go at 16, I thought that was dynamite. And then obviously, you guys all know how I feel about J. Nivey. Sacramento, Lord, I, I mean, Jesus. I, I don't know what you guys are doing. You, you did the three-point guard thing last year. You didn't do it this year. So what did you do? You went to two You went to two power forward things with him and Timotis. And neither one of them played defense. So I, I, I can't wait to watch Mike Brown try to fix that mess over on the West Coast. But Jaden Ivey, ooh Get your popcorn ready, folks, because that backcourt mm-hmm. – like KFC, finger looking good. So I actually, uh, I got into the A.J. Griffin stuff a little bit in hour number one, but I, I pulled back a little on the Pistons because I know how excited you are about what the Pistons were able to do with not just Jaden Ivey, but also Jalen Duran. So talk to me here a little bit. The Detroit Pistons went 23-59 and 59 last year, 20 games back of what was the 10th spot in the Eastern Conference. That is a lot of ground to make up, J.Y. I think they're going to be much better. Layoffs better? It's early, J.Y. How high do you feel on Detroit, though, going into the year? Do you feel like that's a team that can can flirt with 500 basketball? Yes. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. First things first, they got Dwayne Casey, who is a very underrated coach. So shout out to Dwayne Casey because he will get the job done. That's number one. Number two, you have in this NBA, shot creation is key. And when you can put Ivy and Cunningham in the backcourt with Killian Hayes off the bench, you got three guys right there who can go get you a bucket and create their own shot and create for others. Let's move on to Sadiq Bey at the small forward position. Sadiq Bey, dynamic, can score. I sense K-Dub, I would slide him to the four spot where he, I think he's strong enough and physical enough to be a stretch four. You go get yourself a three. Maybe it's Diallo who can score, just can't defend. And then you put Durin as your five. Rim protector, shot blocker, runs to the floor. Mm. I think that's dynamic. And I'm telling you this, Kato, I've been saying this for weeks, and you've been on me with this. I think DeAndre Ayton is going to end up with Detroit. They have the most cap room. Mm -hmm. I think they have $44, $45 million. They can go and sign DeAndre Ayton. So then you put dirt on the bench. And then maybe if you want to keep Isaac Stewart as your four, and then you have a bench now with Diallo, Killian Hayes, um, Durin. That is a lot of young cats. And I'm telling you, K-Dub, we saw how teams like Cleveland made that jump when they got Evan Mobley and they had Darius Garland going. I can sense an Eastern Conference, the team that's on the major come up are the Detroit Pistons. The thing for the Pistons is, I love what you said about Dwayne Casey. I'm excited by Ivy. Is Can Cade Cunningham be an all-star in year two? LaMelo Ball was. LaMelo Ball was an all-star in year two. Part of the reason that team was able to go 43 and 39. Anthony Edwards wasn't an all-star, but Anthony Edwards obviously was great year two. Can Cade be an all-star year two? I think Ivy helps with that process, which is very exciting. Let me ask you about, because I know that this is going to capture one of your favorite picks, everything the Houston Rockets did in this first round. Jabari ultimately at three. They, you know, we knew kind of we're going to get whatever was left of a, of a big three when you talk about that, you know, uh, top of the draft. They also added Tyree Eason and Ty Ty Washington. What did you think about the Rockets overall and what they were able to do in that first round? Home run. Flat out, home run. Now, and here's the thing. It ain't even a home run for Jabari. It's a home run for Tari Eason and, and Ty Ty. Because here's the thing. If you look at that lineup, Kato, you got Green, okay? Kevin Porter Jr., probably you can bring him off the bench, okay? You have Jabari at your four, all right? But now, after you get your scores, what do you need, Kato? You need roll guys. You need guys in the mud that can really grind that thing out. Tari Eason is the best, listen to me, folks, is the best defender in that class. Think of Matisse Thibel with an offensive game now that can really accelerate and become a big-time player in the NBA. I will say this right now. Tari Eason is going to win a Defensive Player of the Year award before he is done. He can guard you one through four. And then what you need is this. What do you need? When you go to a restaurant, what do you need, brother? You need that waiter. You need that table setter. That's going to get everybody the ball. And that's my boy, Ty. my guy, guy, Ty Ty. That brother can play. We've talked about Booker, you know, uh, quickly, 
some of these other Kentucky guys that they don't, they look very pedestrian. Remember, he was playing really well until he hurt his ankle against Florida during the year. Ty Ty Washington at the point. I'm telling you, folks, Houston, and, and here's the last part about Houston, Kato. It goes back to the James Harden trade. They have like three, I believe, pit, picks from the Nets and pick swaps from the Nets from the Harden trade. So if this thing blows up in Brooklyn, which we all think it may happen, they got all these young kids and they got these picks coming. I'm telling you right now, Houston did a very, very good job in the draft and they've set themselves up nicely for the future. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, and Tyrese, and I'm really excited by, I feel like I, I'm getting more interested in Jabari Smith, the player, as kind of the draft continued. Ty, Ty Washington. I mean, we're going to do rookie of the year odds with coach in the next segment. So I don't want to jump ahead. I am surprised at Ty Ty being 130 to one only because I think he has a chance to be their starting point guard at some point in the season. Starting point guards in their rookie year can't be 130 to one to win rookie of the year. They, they just, they have to be higher than that. They have to be. So at 130 to one, I'm a little surprised at that number. Tell me where else in the first round, were you really excited by? Or can I try and sell you on one? Maybe let's do that. Let me try and sell you on one. I love the Spurs draft. Jeremy Sohan, Malachi Branham, and of course, then Blake Wesley out of Notre Dame, and, and not because of any Notre Dame jokes. Ah, three freshmen, I thought all legitimate value at where they took them, all bring different things to the table. Branham might be the second best shooter in the class behind maybe an A.J. Griffin. Blake Wesley's ability to attack the basket is legit. And Jeremy Sohan, again, I don't love doing a Draymond comparison because he's a Hall of Famer, Draymond Green, but just work with you under Grant Williams. Can, can, I, do, can I do Grant Williams maybe to get people to kind of understand the agitator that Sohan can be, a creator, though, for others, a good passer of the basketball at 6'8". I love the Spurs draft, J.Y. Let me tell you something. So, Han, did you see what he did to Brady Manic in that North Carolina game? Like, that dude almost mm -hmm. turned the whole game on its head by the way he gets into you. And he's physical. And he talks his trash. And he plays this game. Love the pick and the athletic ability. Let me tell you something, folks. I'm going to say it. Kate, man, I'll say it. Malachi Branham is a walking bucket. That dude can score. And score in bunches. And he's in the perfect system, K-Dub, where he's going to be with Pop because you know Pop don't take no mess. So he will learn how to play or he won't play. So he will defend and defend the right way. And Blake Wesley, as an athletic guard, gets into you, can create his own shot, physical, one of the best on-ball defenders with steel rate in the draft. I'm telling you, folks, some teams where they got guys, you're like, man, that just fits. You know what? Those three guys, yeah. they just fit. Pop and Pop will develop all three of them. And I love that they're all freshmen, same draft class. Like, you'd love the world where they're kind of like their buddy-buddy. They're a group that grow together in San Antonio. And the interesting thing, too, is we're going to get to Rookie of the Year odds is very well could be a lot of opportunities being uh, coming up for grabs in San Antonio if a DeJounta Murray's moved on. Let's do Rookie of the Year odds next year on Sports Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. NBA Rookie of the Year odds are already available. That is one of my favorite things about the NBA draft is they they do not make you wait on Rookie of the Year odds, and they shouldn't. It's front of mind. People are interested in it, so we're going to break it down. I'm Kevin Walsh. I'm joined, of course, by Coach James Young right here on the Sports Grid Network. This is Betting Above the Rim on a Saturday. With only about 20 minutes left in our show here today, we want to take the opportunity to dive into some of these Rookie of the Year odds. I gave you some of my thoughts in our number one. Now we're sat here with Jay Wine. I want to get his thoughts, and let's go straight to the top of the board, Coach. Paolo Bencaro is the favorite at plus 350. Paolo, I don't think, is the best player in this class. I do think he deserves to be the favorite, though, at plus 350. I talked about it a little bit in our opening hour. I think that he is someone who kind of has a floor of 15 points per game. I think he will be able to be successful early in the NBA. And I think he has the most opportunity in terms of workload probably in Orlando. What do you think about Palo as the favorite? It makes sense. Uh, not not just from a scoring aspect, because I really do think at times he will be the number one option. Cole Anthony, sit your behind down, bro. You ain't the number one option in Orlando. I know you think you're the number one option. You ain't the number one. You ain't the number two. I don't even know you're number three. So pipe down, homeboy, all right, and stop trying to play like you Michael Jordan because it ain't it, bro. Anyway, Paolo should get the attempts. But here's the other thing, Kato. They don't have a lot of – Wagner, not a great rebounder. Who's your five? I could see 15-9, and nine, almost 15-10 and 10 for Paolo, his rookie year in Orlando, which that makes sense. He will have, at times, the most shot attempts. He can create off the bounce as a four. They'll move him as a chess piece, move him outside against slow defenders, uh, inside against weaker defenders. So I do think Paolo makes sense as the favorite because of the shot attempts and the fact that he will be probably the number one or the 1A scoring option for Orlando from day one. Now, what does it say about Cole Anthony that both Coach and I, who obviously were doing the segments apart, thought we had to basically offer up a uh, word of advice to Cole Anthony to leave Palo alone. This is not your show anymore. I mean, I'm just saying, like, Cole, you know, just, you know, behave. Again, It's this is now Palo's. Well, it should be Jalen Suggs' team, too, in a way. But nevertheless, Palo's your favorite. Okay, Jabari or Chet, very, very similar numbers. Jabari is in front of Chet, though, at plus 420. Chet's plus 480. Of the, those two guys that rounded out the top three, which one would you be more interested in betting for rookie of the year? 
See, here's my concern with both of them, and I'm going to keep it real with you because the answer, honestly, is neither of them. Jabari okay. is going to have Kevin Porter Jr. and Green playing with him, which means, <laughs> shit, boy, you better go to the boards and go get it because them dudes are chucking ducks. They're going to get their shots off. You better go get yours because they're going to get theirs. But then with Chet, mm-hmm. I'm so intrigued with him as a, as a, as a pick-and-pop four, and I love the guy, Jalen Williams, that they got um, as a center to play next to him so he doesn't have to worry about taking on the load. But Oklahoma City does weird stuff, and they sit guys, yep. and they do this stuff, and because they have all these draft picks, and they think about the long game, you could see them giving them days off and stuff like that. So that is my concern with Chet is the days that he's going to miss and the fact that they probably, even though are going to be better, they're going to find a way, Kate, up to tank this thing and not be good. Meanwhile, Houston, it's about the attempts that Jabari should get but may not get because of the way that these other guys really like to shoot the ball in Houston. That is exactly my worry on Chet. If you told me that he plays 70 games, I, I would tell you he should be the favorite because he, he the, I bet you this, he will have the best advanced, advanced, advanced analytics will tell you that Chet is the best rookie in this class. It's just that OKC is so, and you might be like, well, what if OKC thinks it's going to be different this go around there? They're already obsessed and understandably so with Victor, Victor Webinyama. Like Sam Presti is not going to blow up his chance at Webinyama yet. So he's, he will, like, find a way to tell Chet that he needs longer if he gets a little nicked up. That is my big worry with him. I know you love Jaden Ivey at plus 650. We've talked a lot about it, understandably so. Let me move past that a little bit. Keegan Murray, Benedict Matherin, Shaden Sharp. Three guys in between 10 to 1 and 20 to 1. Of that trio, who would you be most interested in in this market? I know I won't be interested in is Keegan Murray. I just I just don't like him. That <laughs> I mean, they, neither one play defense. Yeah. I, who's who's the defender on that team? And then you got Fox and no, Fox and Davion Mitchell and Harrison Barnes. He ain't getting shot attempts. So eh, next, Shane Sharp, gonna take some time. I think it's Benny Matherin. I think it's Benny Matherin because they're gonna give him the playing time. Maybe they'll play Duarte as much, and. They're going to move on from Brogdon. They're going to move on from Miles Turner. It's going to be a full reset and reload at Indiana. And I'm still a Carlisle guy, even though they struggled mightily in their first year. I think out of those guys, Benny Matherin at 15-1 to would be the guy that I would take a look at for a couple of bucks for rookie of the year because I think he's going to get the playing time. I think he's got the athletic mm-hmm. ability, and he's got a guard and Tyrese Halliburton, who does a really good job of getting guys the ball in spots. I do think Benny Matherin for those guys would be the one I'd take a chance on. Yeah, the the interest with Matherin is getting next to play next to Tyrese. See, there's some spots where I don't love your your counterparts, right? Like Jabari. I'm worried about him next to Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. for a little while because I don't know how much. They, they're like, hey, young guy, go sit, stand in the corner and, and hit your threes when we give it to you, right? Where Halliburton just makes everybody around him better. I'd be more interested in Shade and Sharp if I trusted the workload. Dame and Anthony Simons are clearly your top dogs on that team when you talk about getting the workload from the guard slots there. So that's a little bit worried. 
Here's the thing, J-Way, right? So I think Ben Caro should be the play favorite of plus 350. Chet, I'm interested in, obviously, if you told me he played enough games. Everybody loves Jaden Ivey. Johnny Davis has no business being 32-1. to 1. He should be in front of Dyson Daniels, mm-hmm. Shaden Sharp, maybe Matherin, and probably Keegan Murray as well. And he's 32-1. to 1. If Bradley Beal is, leaves Washington, Johnny Davis's number should be cut in half at, and go down to at least 16 to 1, if not more. What do you think about Johnny Davis at 32 to 1? Did, did you see the rest of the jabronis that he played with at Wisconsin? I mean, I mean let's keep it real. He was Gladys Knight. They were the pips. He was, you know, Casey and JoJo, and the rest of those guys with Devontae swinging out their knucklehead from Jodeci. I mean, he's all three of Bell Biff DeBoe. I mean, I'm telling you, that is a pick that I like because it's more than that, Kato. Let's be honest. Bradley Beal's talked about it. He, he's gone. I, I, even unless, unless I give him the max, I think he's gone because he wants to win now. He's he's done his part. He's been loyal long enough. Kuzma's probably gone. KCP's mm-hmm. probably gone. Porzingis can't stay healthy. And here's a guy that's already had the workload on him already. So right now, I would, even more than Matherin, I would take money on Johnny Davis at 32 to 1 because I think he goes, I think he goes above Benedict Matherin uh, for rookie okay. year odds. And I think he gets himself to about you know, 13, 1400 as soon as Beal gets moved. And if they move the other two, then he's in line with King and Murray at 11 to 1 and close to 10 to 1. So for me, I love Johnny Davis's game. I think he's going to score at the next level. He's very efficient and he's a dog defensively. I think he is a value at 32 to 1. And I'll add this I do think Bradley Beal is leaving. I, I mean, that, that's my read on it, Jay. Why? I, I, him opting out wasn't the you know, crazy story that maybe some thought because he was going to opt out and then they'll figure it out in free agency. But I just think the way he's gone about it, they apparently said he's already made his mind up, but he doesn't want to say yet. What that means to me is I've made my mind up and I know I'm leaving and I've already got my deal in place, but I can't say anything because that's tampering. And then I might have to go back to Washington because it would be illegal for me to say kind of what I want to do. I, I know that's a lot, but let me ask you that right now. Do you think Bradley Beal is a wizard next season? Oh God, no, he's gone. He's gone. I mean, I mean, he, he's tried. He Listen, he has tried, and he has tried to say, I want to stay here, I want to stay here, and he went through the stuff with John Wall, and then he, they brought in Dimwitty. Now it's Porzingis. This dude is like, what in the hell is going on? I mean, Marion Barry probably could be a better GM for the Washington Wizards, you know, than these guys that they have going on there. So I think he is long gone. And that's why we both are really liking Johnny Davis because he just slides himself into that spot. And especially, even if you don't get rid of Kuz, if you get rid of KCP, who plays a two-guard spot, you would say right then and there that he's going to be, at worst, if it's Porzingis and Kuzma, the 2A option offensively, maybe the number one scoring option because you can't trust Porzingis to stay healthy. Yeah, I, I think you're looking at a guy as well that at Wisconsin was very comfortable with that big workload, which is a big, big piece of the puzzle in order to then, 
you know, being able to handle it if it's put on his plate. Here's the last one, J.Y., with the Rookie of the Year odds. Who else, if you're going to go far down the board, is worth discussing? Is it your boy, A.J. Griffin? Is it, you know, it's one of the Spurs guys we talked about? Who down the board, even if obviously it's tough to say a guy all the way far down will win, but value. Where is the value, J.Y., when we start to get, you know, further down the board here on these Rookie of the Year odds? If you want to go swing and try and take a home run, don't laugh at me. Ty Ty Washington. I just, mm-hmm. I just think, I just think the guy, he makes sense. He makes sense. He goes to a place in Houston that's on the come up. He's going to have the ball in his hands. So he has a point guard. Okay. He shoots at 35% from three. Not terrible. 75% for the line, which means he's going to be in there late. He has over a two to one assist to turnover ratio. And he's going to have guys like Green and Jabari and others, Kevin Porter Jr., that can get his their shots off and score. So can you see, uh, you know, a 12-and-a-half point, seven-and-a-half assists game per game for Ty Ty Washington with four rebounds and two steals? I can see it. So for me, if I'm going to take a swing and I'm going to be like Pedro Serrano at a curveball, I'm taking a swing at Ty Ty Washington at 130-to-1 to win NBA Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I think, look, I think it makes sense. Again, from a value perspective, if he's going to be a starting point guard for that basketball team, it's worth your attention. Let me say this. So I tell you, Johnny Davis makes sense because Beal could leave. There's more and more smoke to this DeJounte Murray fire. DeJounte Murray, they want three first-round picks. JY, you're going to hang out, by the way, for the last segment, and then we'll send people off into the weekend, right? So maybe I'll get your thoughts on this on the other side. If DeJounte Murray is traded, I'm not betting Sohan or Branham or Wesley for Rookie of the Year. Keldon Johnson, most improved player, is immediately the first number we need to find. Now, I don't think it's going to be out there if DeJounte Murray gets moved. Workload, natural progression, and San Antonio absolutely loves him. He might be the favorite. I don't know who the favorite for, for most improved would be if DeJounte Murray's moved. It might just be Kelton Johnson. JY and I close out a Saturday edition of BATR next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, 
No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. All right, this is the last segment here on BATR. Kevin Walsh, Coach James Young, both. Uh, he and I are back tomorrow on BATR. Full two hours, uh, me and JY, which uh, I'm really, really excited for uh, to get into the mix there. We we're going to save all the slander for tomorrow. Man, and then here's all I'm going to tell you. A rookie of the year did this to himself. JY, set the stage and say what you got to say. And I quote about LeBron James. A lot of people say he's great. I want to see how great he is. I don't think anybody is better than me. He's going to have to show me he's better than me. <laughs> you big dummy. What are you doing, son? I mean, bro, I, I, I was nice. I, you know, I told kids that we was going to be nice. We weren't going to slander no one. I was going to be cool. I was going to save it for tomorrow. Get ready in New York. You're getting it again. But all of a sudden, this knucklehead, this jabroni, opens up his mouth and talks trash. You know what that's like? That's like Virgil back in the NWO trying to talk trash to Hulk Hogan. And get, <laughs> get smacked. Boy, what are you doing? But in Matherin, bro, you haven't even played a game in the in the rookie summer league. And you're coming after LeBron. I mean, what is wrong with you? See, this is why I got out of coaching, folks. Because these kids today, they do dumb stuff. They put it on social media. They smoke too much of that reefer. It's legal in half the states in the United States anyway. And these kids think they can get away with anything. Benedict Martin Matherin, I'm telling you right now, Kevin Iron did it. When the Lakers play you, I am taking <laughs> the Lakers minus the points, LeBron over his points prop, and LeBron to get 40-plus and the Lakers to win. And I'm going under your points prop because he is going to trash you. Caliente basura, you big dummy. Listen, 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 Benny. Say it about Kawhi. He'll never see it. He has no idea. I don't even think he owns. He, I don't even think he has Twitter. Right? Say it out. Say it about Kevin Durant. He'll like because Katie's like so wild. He'll tweet back at you when it would be fun. Don't say it about LeBron. But you know why he did it, JY? Because he's Canadian, and LeBron's been thrashing Canadians forever. Sorry. See you tomorrow, Gabe. <laughs> Across America, BP supports more than two hundred and seventy-five thousand jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.